Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Which is able to save your souls. Our Heavenly Father, as we approach your word, we do approach it reverently and humbly, thanking you, dear Father God, for it, and entrusting our lives to its provision. I thank you for attentive ears and receptive hearts that this engrafted word, as it's planted, into the heart may deliver us from corrupt thinking and reasoning faculties that our minds may be renewed and we become doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word or the implanted word which is able to deliver you from your corrupt reasoning faculties, which is able to deliver you from your corrupt reasoning faculties. Dire need in the body of Christ today is that the mind be renewed to the will of the Father, to the will of the Father. It's very important that we need, that we understand and know that unless our minds are renewed according to the Word of God, then even as born-again Christians, we can continue to walk in the vanity of our minds. For when our spirits were alienated from the life of the Father, the mind became dark, darkened, so that men began to walk according to the lusts of the flesh and of the mind because of the nature of Satan that was imparted to the human spirit when man was separated from the life of God. And unless the mind is renewed, then our corrupt reasoning faculties will hold our spirits captive so that the forces of life that are within the human spirit will be locked up and unable to produce God's perfect will in our lives. And we don't want that. Over in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, if you will turn there, please, you'll find that Paul, writing to Timothy, said in verse 2 Timothy, third chapter, verse 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, 
knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. The implanted word is able to deliver you from your corrupt or save you from your corrupt reasoning faculties. The word or the holy scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Wise unto salvation. Through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now notice that he's talking about not just being born again. But he's talking about understanding the salvation of God. Understanding and having the wisdom of how through faith in Christ Jesus we can be delivered from this present evil world. And it is the will of the Father that we be, that we be delivered from this present evil world. We'll show you the scripture again in a minute. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. The only way we're going to be able to walk perfect before God in our salvation is by becoming wise to it. Understanding how to appropriate this great salvation. Now, we said that unless our thinking is right, our believing will be wrong. If our believing is wrong, our speaking will be wrong. If our speaking is wrong, we will ignite the course of nature, which is set on fire of hell in the inner man. We've been talking about right and wrong thinking, right and wrong believing, right and wrong speaking. Now, unless we begin to think right, then although you're born again, your corrupt reasoning faculties will hold your spirit in bondage, will set ablaze the course of nature, which is set on fire of hell, which will cause then that fire of hell to affect your tongue, which ignites the entire operation of Satan's kingdom in the heart of man. We're not in that kingdom. We're in the kingdom of light. But on the other hand, if our thinking becomes right, then our believing becomes right. And if our believing becomes right, then our speaking becomes right. When our speaking becomes right, it has an internal effect and an external effect. We've been talking about the internal effect, but this evening we'll talk about the external. The internal meaning that the words that then we speak from the heart will set ablaze or set aflame the life within the righteousness of God taking its full course, causing us to operate in that righteousness, causing our mind to be renewed by the word of God, causing us to speak the word of faith, causing our bodies to line up before him, causing us to be a perfect man. For if any man offend on the word the same as a perfect man, and able also to bind the whole body. Amen. One of the things you need to know, and that's in Galatians 1.4, which I just said to you, I'll show you the scripture now. We need to know that it's the Father's will that we be delivered from this present evil age. We need to get our thinking faculties in line with the Word. Now, the reason why you find that scripture in James 1.21 is because the people that he was writing to 
thought that God was the one that was causing all their persecution and affliction. You hear people say that today. Well, God's just testing my faith. God's just trying my faith. I had that car accident because God wanted to get a hold of my attention. Or, you know, uh, my daughter fell down the steps and broke her leg because God wants to get my attention. See, that's evil speaking. That's wrong thinking. It's wrong thinking. We have no business thinking something like that. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. Well, look at the scripture right here and we'll show you. Verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. According to whose will? No. He doesn't want us to be taken in by this, the evil that's in this world. He wants us delivered from it. And to walk delivered from it. He doesn't want our kids falling down and breaking their legs. He doesn't want you to get in a car accident. He doesn't want, you know, the airplane that you're in to come down. He doesn't want somebody to have all the calamities come their way and get defeated by it. That's not the will of the Father. But yet, you hear people talking that way in Christendom. They say that, well, that's just God's will of teaching me and so on and so forth. Now, I know they're sincere. I don't say anything about their sincerity. I don't say anything about their salvation. I know they're saved. But I said their thinking is wrong. And because their thinking is wrong, their believing is wrong. And because their believing is wrong, their speaking is wrong. And because their speaking is wrong, they ignite the wrong course in their life. Instead of working healing, then that sickness is highly developed. Instead of working protection, the protection of the angels is no longer there. Although they're there, they can't protect you. We've got to learn how to be wise unto salvation or deliverance. See, the word salvation there means many things. In its complete form, it means preservation, soundness, wholeness, deliverance. That's what he wants for us. So it's the will of the Father God that we be delivered from evil. And these people that James was writing to, they thought that God was the cause of all their problems. They thought he was the one that was causing them to be scattered abroad. But lo and behold, James got them set straight and said, you need to be delivered from your corrupt reasoning faculties. You say that God did it, but I tell you no. Let no man say that when I'm tempted of evil, that God tempted me. Let no man say that, not even for a purpose, for any reason. For no reason at all. That's what that verse 13 means over there, the word of, of, the word of. Let no man say that when I am tempted, I am tempted of God. Of means the word hupo and apo, two different Greek words for love. The one that's used there is saying this. Don't let him even say that God did it for a purpose. Don't say that God did it in the first place and don't say he even did it for a purpose is what he's really saying there. So God didn't do that to them so that they can get scattered abroad. God didn't do that. But we have an adversary, the wicked one, who tries to destroy our lives, who tries to kill us, but the more he tries to do it, the more he tries to scatter us abroad, the more we preach the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. The more he tries to persecute us, the more we preach the word. Corrupt reasoning faculties would think that, you know, we've got to fall underneath that persecution and be destroyed by it. But the reasoning faculties that the apostles had was, Father, we thank Thee that we're accounted worthy to suffer shame for Your name. We thank Thee that we're able to be persecuted for Your name. Hallelujah! Not like some people walk around, you know, well, God just teaching me a lesson. But you see, God's not doing that. That's wrong thinking. Wrong thinking produces wrong believing, produces wrong speaking, produces the course of nature. Okay. 
as internally. But now there's an external manifestation of our words. Not only internal, but an external. We need to be wise unto the salvation. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews and the first chapter. We're going to get our thinking straightened out concerning salvation so that we can do our right believing and right speaking. And not only will we ignite righteousness, but also we will loose the angels. We will loose the angels of God and allow them to work out our deliverance. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1, 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them? Underline the word for. Not to them, for them. For them. For you. For them who shall be heirs of salvation. Speaking of angels. In the first chapter, the writer is comparing and contrasting the glory of the Son as opposed to the glory of the angels. And by far, he says that the glory of Jesus is far greater than the glory of the angels. But now he begins to share and tell us that the ministry of angels, we see here according to this 14th verse, is to minister for us who are the heirs of salvation. Well, for what purpose? Keep on reading. Therefore, because the angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for us who are the heirs of salvation, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received the just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Be wise unto salvation. Be wise unto salvation. How shall we escape? Now notice we're already saved here. How shall we escape... If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, not the angels, but the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, the apostles, God also bearing them witness, that's the Father, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Well, let's get our thinking straightened out concerning angels and demons. Angels are ministering spirits that belong to the kingdom of God. We're in the kingdom of God. They're in the same kingdom. They belong to the kingdom of God. They're sent forth to minister for us who are the heirs of salvation, and they are in our kingdom. We're in the same kingdom. Blessed be God, we should be more familiar with the, with the things that are in our kingdom, because we're in the same kingdom. Angels are in our kingdom. Amen? Okay. But... They're sent for us so that they can help us in our deliverance from evil in this present age. But, on the other hand, demons are ministering spirits of Satan sent forth into the earth to thwart the plan of God in our lives to cause us to be taken captive and defeated so that God's word and God's plan could not be carried out throughout the earth and in our lives. These belong to the kingdom of darkness. These demons belong to the kingdom of darkness. Them demons are not greater than the ministering spirits who excel in strength and do his will. 
See, these angels that are on our side are far greater than the angels that be on his side. The demons. Angels. And the angels that be with us are more in number than the demons that be with them. Amen? you got more on your side protecting you than you got out there trying to work against you. They try to buffet us. They try to hit us. Now and then, now and then, to thwart God's plan in our lives. To cause us to fall under the temptations of this world system. But the angels of God are surrounding us, and also your own angel, and the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him to deliver them. You need to know that. Matter of fact, there's some sitting over there right now. See, sitting over there right by you. They're all around this building. Oh, they just when we worship, they just entered right on in to worship. They're all around. And all the other demons, they was closing their ears. They couldn't stand it. But blessed be God, blessed be God, blessed be God. They that be with us more than that be with them. Amen. Now, I want you to recognize something here in verse 2. We need to understand how to use the ministry of angels in our lives. We need to become more acquainted with the ministry of angels. The internal working of this great plan of salvation affects our human spirit. But the external working, when those words we speak also go out, they not only affect our spirit, but also they loose the angels or they take us captive. In the kingdom of light, we have angels to help us. In the kingdom of darkness, our words could license them to take us captive. That's Satan's will. You need to know that. You need to know that the words you speak not only affect you internally, but they, expect, they affect the external. In other words, then angels that are protecting us hearken unto the voice of his word when we speak it. But likewise, the demons, when they hear us speak in doubt, unbelief, and negativism, they listen to that, and right away, they come. Because the more you say it, the more you license them to come and affect your life. The more strife you get into, the more you allow Satan to take you captive at his will. His will opposed to God's will. God's will is we be delivered from this present evil age. You get into strife and start speaking strife, then Satan takes you captive at his will. There's where the calamity comes. There's where the problems come. There's where the darkness comes. There's where all that garbage comes that people say God's doing. Now, beloved, if we don't have enough sense to know that God's not doing all that, then I think we need to read the word, Hebrews, the fifth chapter, and, and learn a lesson. He says, some of you have need of milk and not strong meat. Because you have not yet had your senses exercised or stripped so that you might discern good from evil. James said, don't you err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. God doesn't do the evil and tempt no, no man with evil. The evil does not come from God. The good, the good comes from God. The evil comes from the devil. But our senses try to pick it off, you know, put it all on God. Pick out all the evil and put it all on God and say that God's the one that's doing all this. Well, then they'll say, well, God, maybe he didn't do it, but he's allowing it. Well, he didn't do either one of them. We allow it. The storms of life come to us all. The doer of the word will be blessed in his deed. His house will not fall. But the hearer of the word and the one that doesn't do the word, the same storm will defeat him. He was defeated because he didn't do the word, not because God didn't help him. Because God has given us his word for deliverance. Now I'll show you through his word 
Just how this works. Look at this here, verse 2. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? All right. Now remember, the words that we speak will either loose our angels, or the, or the words that we speak will bind our angels. If we bind our angels, then the demons will have their legal right to come and cause calamity to come our way. Thou art taken by the words of thy mouth. Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. Taken captive by Satan at his will because of the words that we speak. But if we speak God's word, then the angels will go and do our bidding. They'll minister for us. To dispel the darkness, to deliver us from evil. No evil shall be falling. No plague come out of thy dwelling. Why? Because he's given his angels charge over thee. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. The angels will. The angels will. See? No evil shall befall thee. One translation says, no accident shall happen to you. I like this other one in Proverbs. It says, there shall no evil happen unto the righteous. Hallelujah. No evil. What are we going to do with those scriptures? Kick them out the Bible? No. No, we're going to speak them until they become a reality in our lives. I'm the righteous, there shall no evil happen unto me. Why? Because the angels have charge over me. How do you know they'll help me? Because I speak God's word, and God's word out of my mouth delivers me. I don't speak and let demons come. I speak and let angels just garrison around about me. Just pitch their tent right by my side. The angels of the Lord himself to deliver me from the evil. Do you see what I'm saying? Because of righteousness. That's who you are. Now notice here it says... That if the word spoken by an angel was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? Let's go back to Luke's Gospel, the first chapter. Now, do you remember when I taught on 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, Luke chapter 1, by the way, 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, where Paul said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, that the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And verse 6 says, And having in a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That verse 6 is, is really a, a, it's a nice verse. I never did use it before until I looked up the, the words that were used there. I always stopped at verse 5, like some of us do. We stop short sometimes. And when I got to verse 5, well, the weapons of our work are not carnal, casting in the imaginations and everything exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing to captivity every thought through the obedience of Christ. Every thought, every thought, every thought, every thought, so your thinking can be right, so your believing can be right, so your speaking can be right. But he says, having in a readiness to avenge or to deliver yourself from all disobedience, the word that's disobedience in the Greek means unattentive hearing, unattentive hearing. Wrong hearing. So deliver yourself from your wrong hearing when your obedience, your attentive hearing, is fulfilled or complete. The only way people are going to get themselves delivered from the captivity that they're in because they were listening to the wrong words, hearing wrong, you say, what do you mean? I mean, people that say to you, God wants you to be sick. God doesn't want to deliver you. God's causing calamity to come your way. 
You heard that. He said, okay, I believe that. Well, that's wrong hearing. That wrong hearing produces wrong thinking. That's why he said, cast down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And the only way you're going to get delivered from that, he said, is when your correct hearing, your correct hearing is fulfilled. What's correct hearing? Bless God, Jesus doesn't want me to sin. Bless God, he bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. For his own self, bear my sin in his own body on the tree, that I, being dead to sin, should live in the righteousness, and with the stripes I am healed. Thank you, Father God, no evil shall befall me, no plague come to my dwelling. That's correct hearing. It says, will deliver me from this present evil age. There shall no evil happen to the righteous. You see what I'm saying? That's correct hearing. The only way you're going to avenge yourself from that wrong hearing is by getting the right hearing. So start hearing correctly. Here, we find a man named Zacharias in the first chapter. Verse 11. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall, be, shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn their hearts of the fathers to the children and the, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Listen to what it's saying. That's exactly saying what I just quoted to you out of 2 Corinthians. He's going to speak to them some right hearing so they could be delivered from the wrong hearing and be prepared for the wisdom of the just. That's what he said. Look what this fellow says. Now remember what Hebrews said. Every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Here's what he said. Zechariah said unto the angel, here's his words, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife well stricken in years. Uh-oh. You should not have said that, Zacharias. You should not have said that, Zacharias. The, the word of the angel steadfast. Every transgression and disobedience will receive a just recompense of reward. You ought not to have said that, Zacharias. And the angel answered, saying unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and show thee these glad tidings, and behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Uh-oh, Zacharias. You're not saying another word out of your mouth. You're not saying another word out of your mouth until this baby's born. I can't emphasize the importance of this. That word of that angel was steadfast. He disobeyed. He didn't believe the word of that angel. And because of it, he was struck dumb. Not able to speak. He received his just recompense of reward. That was judgment pronounced upon Zacharias for not hearkening unto the word of God. Now, because of it, he was struck dumb. He was judged. And therefore could not speak and would not speak, would not be allowed to speak until the child would actually be born.
Now you see, the words that he spoke were words of doubt and unbelief. It affected, of course, him spiritually, but also it bound up his angel. His angel couldn't do anything to help him. He couldn't help him in any way. The only thing he can do is pronounce judgment on him. Because you see that the carrier of the word was the angel. But remember something that uh, the writer said there in the book of Hebrews. He said, if the word of an angel steadfast, how shall we escape if we neglect the salvation that comes that was spoken to us, not by an angel, but by God through his son Jesus. Jesus, the word, came and spoke the word to us, not by the mouth of an angel, but by the mouth of the immaculate son of God. How shall we escape? We're not dealing with angels. We're dealing with God's word. You see what I'm saying? Okay, Jesus spoke it himself. Now, he provoked his angel. Go back with me to uh, the book of Exodus, and I'll show you something about provoking your angel. You've got an angel by your side right now, probably sitting down right next side of you. 23rd chapter of the book of Exodus. And that angel is listening to your words. The angels are listening to your words. The words that you speak will bind them, or the words that you speak will loose them. If you bind your angels, you will neglect your deliverance, your salvation that comes by angels. If you loose your angels, then your angels will see to it that your deliverance is forthcoming. Now, in this 23rd chapter, we find uh, an angel sent. Look at verse 20. The Father speaking. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him, obey his voice, provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgression. Every transgression and disobedience receives a just recompense of reward. The transgression and disobedience will receive a just recompense of reward, just like Zacharias. For my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies, and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel shall go before thee, and bring thee in unto the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Okay. Carried into the land, and the angel will fight for you to deliver you. But if you provoke the angel... He will not protect you. He'll not let you get into that land. He'll not fight for you. That's very important. Because if you know the story, and I believe most of you do, when they got to the land, they provoked their angel. They not only provoked their angel, they provoked God. And because of it, they did not enter into the land that floweth with milk and honey. How do you provoke your angel? Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Right after the book of Proverbs. Chapter 5. Again, we get back to words. God can be angry at our words. You should know that. We need to know that. I think it's important for us to realize that this is how God works. This is God's plan. We've got to line up with His plan. Amen? We didn't write this Bible. 
Bless God, I didn't make us. You didn't make us. We didn't make ourselves. God made us. This is his plan of deliverance and salvation. We've got to flow with it. We can't try to do it another way. There's a way that seemeth right in the man, but the ends are of the ways of death. So let's walk in his ways and statutes. Amen? Let's walk in his precepts and judgments. Amen? Let's walk according to his laws of faith and everything. Amen? Okay. Look what it says here. Ecclesiastes 5. Now, there's a lot you can teach about angels, but what I want to do is teach you how to use them. I mean, we don't want to, we're not concerned just about what they are and what they, you know, we thank God for what they are and what they can do. But I think we get to a, when we get to a point of learning how to put them to use, sometimes people shy away from that. We shouldn't do that. We should cooperate with these ministering spirits and allow them to do the work that they're called to do. They're supposed to minister for us. Now, if I told you and, you know, any of you, well, look at me. You know, I'm going to take a week's vacation here pretty soon, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to come and just be your minister. I'm going to minister for you. Anything you want done at your house, I'm going to do it. Well, I can go over there and just sit down and just drink iced tea all day. You can never tell me what to do. Amen? But here I am, your ministering, you know, servant to do anything you want me to do. I'm just sitting there just drinking iced tea all day long. Can you see the angels just sitting by our side drinking iced tea with lemonade all day long? I'm saying, when's this guy going to speak the word? I don't know. Sounds like Zacharias, doesn't he? Must be. Maybe they're related. <laughs> I hope they read about Mary. <laughs> she believed the word. We could do some work. You see? They're right there by your side. They're listening to what you're saying. They're excited about delivering God's people. They desire to look at some things that we know about that they don't know about. This plan of salvation is so great that even the angels desire to look into it. But blessed be God, we got some insight. Amen. Amen. That reminds me of the time that Brother Hagin was ministering. And one of the angels came from one side and one of the angels came from the other side. And they just swooped around the room over there. They looked at each other and they said, What's going to become of the things in the future? What's going to happen? And the one said to the other, I don't know. It's not given for us to know. But sometimes the Lord reveals it unto man. Prophesy. Prophesy unto the people. They spoke to Brother Hagin. Prophesy unto the people. They probably wanted to hear what he had to say. See, they didn't know. They didn't know what was coming. But they knew that they'd be involved in the action. Amen. Because they're on our team. They're on our side. They are ministering spirits, ministering for us the heirs of salvation. Now here's what happens. Look at this verse. In the fifth chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes, and verse 6, Suffer not your mouth to cause your flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel that it was an heir. Wherefore should God be angry at your voice, or your words, and destroy the work of your hands. And destroy the work of your hands. Don't you utter it before the angels. Don't you speak that negative talk before your angel. God will be angry at your voice. He got angry at the voice of the, the voices of the children of Israel in the wilderness. And he said, As you have spoken in my ears, so shall it be unto you, you shall die in the wilderness, and your carcass shall be given to the fowls of the air, because the words you have spoken unto me 
were wrong. That's exactly what he was saying. Did you know that your words can be stout against the Father? Causing your finances to go that way? Look at the book of Malachi. Your angels won't go off and get the, 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 the uh, inheritance that's rightfully yours, the possession that you have in this inheritance. In the third chapter of the book of Malachi, See, Gabriel was angry at Zacharias. He was angry at his voice. He believed not the word of God. This angel knew something about not believing God's word. I mean, there he was up there with Lucifer. Lucifer didn't believe God's word. He didn't want to act on God's word. He thought he had his own words. Then angels know. We've got to obey God's word. God's word is sure. God's word is eternal. Boy, you know how it must grieve them when we speak negative and contrary to God's word. Not only the angels, but the Spirit of God and grieve not the Spirit of God. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Corrupt communication comes from a corrupt mind. Vain words. But speak words that will minister grace to the hearer and grieve not the Spirit of God whereby you are sealed. I don't want to grieve the Spirit of God that's in me. Do you? Under the day of redemption. It's important that we realize it's by our words that we grieve. And by our words, God's anger in our voice. Look over here in Malachi 3. Verse 13, your words, your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord, strong against me. They've been fastened against me, strong against me, to seize me. That's the translation of that word stout, to seize, strong. Strong to fasten against me. Your words have fastened, been fastened against me to seize me. God can't do anything for us when we speak wrong words. He was angry at them. Look at what he says. But yet you say, What have we spoken so much against thee? You have said it is vain to serve God. You know how many I have heard to say, Well, I tried to pray that and it didn't work for me. You ought not have said that. Your angels heard you and God heard you also. He's angry at your voice. Your words are stout against you. I tried that praying business, but it didn't work for me. Is it vain to serve God? Didn't avail me much. But he said your prayers avail much. Well, you know, just God just doesn't seem to supply my need every time I pray. Well, he says I'll supply your every need. Well, you know, God made me sick. Your words are stout against me. Your words are stout against me, saith the Lord. See, that's what he's saying. Wherein did we say that our, what have we spoken that's against you, Lord? Well, you said it was vain to serve me. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord our God of hosts? Oh, we did what he said to do. We prayed the prayer of faith. We studied our Bible. We did this and that. But I didn't get any help from God. Your words are stout against me. So that's what he's saying. We've got to realize that it's a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Who are we that we think that we've got the right to speak that kind of, those kind of words against our Father? Beloved, let, let me say something I think you need to understand. I would not want to say that God made me sick for any purpose or reason, or God made me get into an accident, or God made me fall down the steps, or God made me... I have never spoken that since I've been saved. There's no way those words would ever come out of my mouth. Oh, the thoughts came. 
Oh, the thoughts came when I was first learning. The thoughts came that, oh, the devil tried to just put those thoughts on you. See, God doesn't want to heal your kids. God doesn't want to heal your body. God doesn't want to provide your needs. Here you are out here serving the Lord and look at your needs aren't being met. He's just testing your faith and trying your faith. You know how easy it would have been to say, yeah, I'll just lay down here and just wait for God to do something. If you don't do it, then pull up and that's it. That's easy. But those words would have been stout against the Father. It's not vain. And bless God, because we have fast our confession of faith, every time a hard place came, we said, bless God, that's the devil, and Jesus is Lord over our finances and everything, our bodies, everything. And the Father God is our delivering God, and He will deliver us, He's able to deliver us, and He's going to deliver us. In Jesus' mighty name, I receive my deliverance now. And every time it came, every time it came, every time it came, every time it came, see? Agree with God's Word. Speak God's Word. Them angels went off there and says, oh, man, let's do it. See, they're right by your side. They want to do that. But here's what they're saying. People are saying that their finances are just, you know, not coming in and we can't just afford this and can't do that and can't do this. Well, those words are stopped because he says you can do all things and I will supply your every need, didn't he? See, it's the easiest thing to do is agree with God's word. I don't have to bring it to pass. He does. Let him, let him do his part. And now we call that proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Now you see that kind of talk? More brother John down the street here. He don't serve God like I serve God. And this guy down here, he's a heathen man. He don't serve God at all. But yet look at all, all the things he gets. Look at all the things he has. He has money. He's got a car. He's got a house paid for. got this, got that. People talk like that. Christians talk like that. Might as well go out and serve the devil. They're living better than we are. They get mad at God, see? They talk like that, though. I talk to people. One person said, well, when God does something for me, then I'll, then I'll say something about God. But he hasn't done anything for me. Oh, you ought not have said that. Jesus died for you. If that's all I could ever say till I go off in the glory, that's enough. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. Hallelujah. That should put a smile from ear to ear till Jesus comes. Jesus died for me. The angels will rejoice right there in the presence of God. Jesus died for me. And with him, he gives me all things. Well, as you can see, Next verse. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. You think God didn't hear what they said? He heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall he return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. For behold, the day cometh that they shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch, but unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and he shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, those that fear his name are those that keep their tongue from evil and their lips from speaking that kind of God. See, I'll never say that. The longest day I live on this earth, I will never say that my father did any of that garbage to me. Amen. I'll never do it. You never hear it come out of my mouth. 
wrong thinking, wrong believing, wrong speaking, got angry at your voice, angels bound, demons take you captive. You see the external working of this? Okay. Now let's go back to Luke again, first chapter. Now remember, I told you that the angels hearkened unto the voice of his word, and God said, I was angry at your voice. Psalm 103, verse 20 says that they hearken, angels who excel in strength, hearken unto the voice of his word. Angels that excel in strength hearken unto the voice of his word. Now, I can just see them angels just, 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 you know, all over the earth going like this here, listening for some believer to speak his word so they can hearken unto the voice of his word and cause these things to happen in this realm. I can just see them doing that. Busily ministering back and forth, looking for word people that will speak God's word that they can just busily do their ministering for them in this earth to deliver them from the evils. Don't you think they have joy and pleasure? Don't you think that when, when Michael came down and, and let Gabriel go and he stood before all the forces of darkness, the princes of Persia that came to try to destroy Daniel's praying, don't you think Michael enjoyed it when he came and just gave him a little bit of that, you know, whatever they do. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Amen. They were fighting. I know that. I don't know how they fight. I mean, he knocked him in the head. I don't know. But bless God, he came down there and showed him who was boss. They had to love it. I know they loved it. Because the Father God is waiting. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. There's coming a day when Jesus is going to just, just spew out of his mouth. One word he's going to speak. And the devil and his bunch and all that follow him will be cast into the lake of fire forever. By the fire of his mouth. We talk about the course. That's the end of their course. Think about that. Amen. Well, let's look over here. And let's get to the positive side of this. Now, here we have a maiden. Verse 26. Mary. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. Now, notice it's the same angel. I want you to note that it's the same angel. And I also want you to note that it's two different people. The first one was Zacharias, and the second one was Mary. Now, I'm talking about, I don't know about you, but I'm going to act like Mary. I'm not going to act like Zacharias. We have a choice, you know. You can act like Mary or act like Zacharias. Now, here's what Mary did. The angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not. Thank God. Fear not. Did you notice that every spiritual being that comes in, in, in contact with man always says, Fear not? That's of God. Fear not. Fear not. Jesus, when he appeared, he said, fear not, it's I. Angels come and said, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. They know that we're in two different realms. They don't want to frighten us. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Just, just, we just come from the presence of God just to talk to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fear not, just us. One of the guys, you know. You should entertain strangers. You might get some angels unawares. Amen. Entertain them, strangers, and get some angels unawares at your house. Glory be to God. Well, look what he said to her. Once he saw him, she was troubled. Verse 30 now. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the Son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. He gave the word of God to Mary. 
Can you imagine what she is? Can you imagine being in that position? And here's what she said. She wasn't like Zechariah. She said, under the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? That's a legitimate question. She didn't say, I don't believe it. And I don't know a man. And it's impossible because I don't know a man. She says, how shall this be, since I don't know a man? Very legitimate question. Well, here's your answer, Mary. And the angel answered and said unto her, you say, how do you know that she answered right? Very simple. I know he answered wrong because he got the just recompense of his reward of his transgression. Mary got good, and I know that she answered right. Amen. See, everyone receives a just recompense of reward, and she received what he said. Now, the other one didn't do it, so he didn't have any part in it. Okay. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was, who was called barren. Notice he said who was called barren. Yeah, hallelujah. Called barren. I like that. Don't you? See, he, she was called barren. Well, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Or no word from God shall be born of power. I believe the more literal translation says. And Mary said, Hallelujah. Oh, Mary. Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her, and blessed God she conceived. And Mary rose in those days, and went into the hill country, with haste into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out of a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord shall, should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Those words even affected the baby in her womb. And blessed is she that believed. She believed. Hallelujah. She believed. She didn't doubt. Bless God, she believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. This is prophecy. She, the Spirit of God came on her. She started prophesying. The Spirit of God said she believed. The Spirit of God said that the other one doubted. She believed. He doubted. You see the difference? He got his just recompense of reward. She got the reward. This is the reward. Mary said, then the Spirit of God came on her. I love this. I could just sing this all day long. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lower state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Look at that. Mark, put it right in a state of righteousness right away, didn't it? Call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Let's forget all this hogwash about who we are in the flesh. He that has done to me, he that is mighty hath done to me great things. Holy is his name. He's done great things to us. He's made you a son of God. He made you an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He's made you more than a conqueror. He's made you who he is. Amen. Everything that he is, he's made us. Okay? And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich hath he sent away empty away. 
He hath hope in his servant Israel, in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers to Abraham, and to his seed forever, and Mary abode with her about three months, and returned to her own house. Why is it that this one got good and the other one didn't? Because the one hearkened and the other one didn't. One received the just recompense of reward, which was struck dumb, but the other one hearkened to the voice of the angel. It was steadfast, and she received exactly what God said in his word. Sent the word by the angel. Now, as you can readily see, then our angels work that way by the word that we speak. We don't have time to really talk about Israel's falling before they got into Canaan's land. But he said, the angel would go before your face and he would deliver thee from the people. But the words that they spoke were stout against the Lord, even though the Lord said the angel would do it. They did provoke their angel, and they did not get into the promised land. But on the other hand, when Joshua brought them to the promised land, God spoke and told them what to do. Again, they spoke God's word, agreed to God's word, and then he told them to keep their mouth shut when they walked around the, the walls of Jericho. So they kept their mouth shut and didn't open up their mouth until the seventh time, the seventh day, and they sat for seven times. And then they began to rejoice and praise God. And then when they did, then the angels worked together to pull down the walls of Jericho. So the opposite effect worked. Every time they spoke the word of God, the angels worked for them. And every time they spoke against the, God, the word of God, the angels couldn't help. The angels couldn't do anything for them. And if you stop and think about it, over there in the 34th Psalm, where it says, The angel of the Lord, verse 7, encampeth round about them that fear him. That definition of the fear of the Lord is they keep their mouth from evil and their lips from speaking out. They keep their tongue from evil, their lips from speaking out. Well, when you keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking out, then the angel of the Lord encamps round about you to deliver you. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't know, you know, just how he does it to all of us. I mean, you know, to all of us. But I can just see him just every time we're speaking God's word, just pitch his tent, just sit down right over there by you, just, just enjoying himself right over there. That's what that word encampment. He pitches, he makes camp right there by your side. Round about you, just to deliver you. Just to deliver you. Who? You. Which one? To keep your mouth from evil. Your lips are speaking out. Aren't you fearful? No. Why not? Because God's not giving me the spirit of fear, but a power love and a sound mind. I got a ten foot angel standing right here by my side. Camp right about me to deliver me. Me. Air of salvation. My ministering spirit. Want to meet him? Right there. See, that's speaking God's word. Speaking God's word. That grammar student that was over there at uh, one of them fast food, you know, fast, you know, down there they call them quick trip and get and go. Yeah. We went to a quick trip to make a short stop. Quick trip, see. And then you got get and go, you can get there and get and go. Think of some other names that you told them. One's called a you told them. You go in there and towed them away. <laughs> These food chains, you know, you know, like like stop and go. Stop and go. Well they got get and go. <laughs> you get in there and go, I guess. I don't know. But anyhow, he's working over there. And I know he had to be speaking God's word because the angel of the Lord delivered him. And that angel of the Lord came around about that fellow. And when they came in there with that sawed-off shotgun to try to destroy, you know, try to rob the store and everything, that fellow stood out there with that shotgun and couldn't move. He stood outside the door, and all the one was working the night shift was the Ramah student. And when the police got there and got to him, they said, why didn't you go in there and rob the store? He said, did you see that ten-foot guy that was standing behind him? You want to hear something funny? If I'm not mistaken, he had a cowboy hat on, too. <laughs> Can you imagine an angel standing back there with a cowboy? I mean, the angels we saw coming out of our 11 had a scarf around the neck because it was snowing. 
and a stocking hat on. They did. Can you imagine that? They have a sense of humor also. Amen. Had a cowboy hat on over there. I wonder what they wore inside the fire furnace. I don't know. But the three Hebrew children that were in the fire furnace, what do you think delivered them? The angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord encamped on the mountain. When they went in there, weren't they hot? No, the angel of the Lord was encamped on the mountain. See? To deliver them. Why? Because their words agreed with the word of God. And because of it, the angel of the Lord was right there to deliver them. That's what he did. He delivered them. Daniel and the, the, the lions then, the same thing happened. An angel, an angel of the Lord came and shut the mouth of the lions. Now, somebody else would be just eaten up, but somebody who knows God, who believes God, stands upon the Word of God. Is that, say, is that saying that any, you know, one Christian is better than the other? No, I didn't say that. I said that person has wrong thinking. You better start thinking the right way to get your angels loose so that when this trouble does come, how shall we escape if we neglect the salvation or the deliverance that comes by the angels? Don't let God be angry at your voice. Don't provoke your angel. Allow him to deliver you from the evil when it comes your way and protect you. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. In the next few verses down, he said, I'll show you and teach you what the fear of the Lord is. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking God. It's the same thing. The words that we speak. Internal effect, external effect. Let the word, the word that you speak uh, loose your angels, not demons. Do you see it? Now, we can go on. As a matter of fact, um, you... You recall, there are many stories. I like these stories. They're good. They're in the Word of God, you see. Remember when Hezekiah and, and Sennacherib went to war? They came against Judah to destroy Judah. I'll just read we may, we may pick this up next time we meet. But they came to destroy Israel and the armies of Israel. And Sennacherib said, when they got, you know, started to come in and, and surround Judah, they said, uh, Hezekiah said, fear not, fear not, fear not, for the Lord our God is on our side. There's more that's on our side than is on that side. Don't be concerned about it, because they trust in themselves, but we trust in the Lord our God. Now, that's good that Hezekiah said that. We trust the Lord our God, they trust in the arm of flesh, and we believe that God is greater. So don't fear, have no fear, God's on our side to deliver us from the people. Well, Sennacherib said, who you think you are that your God's going to deliver you? We defeated this, this city over here, and their God couldn't deliver them. We went over here and delivered and beat these, these people. You know, we, delivered, we beat them up and took uh, them captive, and their God wasn't able to deliver them. And we went down, down this way, and we got them and, and destroyed them. We went to this camp and got them and destroyed them. We went over here and got them, and this one got them, and this one got them, and this one got them. He had all these victories under his belt. And who are you that your God's going to deliver you? Yeah, just like all of them said their God will deliver them. He ought not have said that. He didn't know that it was Jehovah. He thought it was one of their gods. And so he wrote them a letter and said all these nasty things. And Hezekiah said, fear not, the Lord our God is on our side. Fear not, the Lord our God is on our side. He will deliver us. Snacker said, who do you think you are that your God's able to deliver you? And he said, the Lord will deliver us. He spoke the right word, which we'll see it clearly in 2 Chronicles. Well, the word of God says, that that night when they came to kill him, that the angel of the Lord, that one angel, the one angel of the Lord, because of what they said, spoke, the one angel of the Lord killed 185,000 of his men. One angel smote 185,000 
because Hezekiah said, fear, fear not. You talk about more being on your side, just one angel is enough to be more on your side. And every one of us was given an angel. That's our angel. But also, the angel of the Lord encampers on about those who keep the tongue from evil lips from speaking out. To deliver you. It says to deliver them. How shall we escape if we neglect our salvation? And if you stop and think about it, it was the angel that sealed the hand of Abraham to stop him from killing Isaac. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Boy, if we neglect the ministry of angels, we're all going to be out in left field somewhere. Amen? But think about it. You think God wants to get off his throne just to come down here? He sends his angels to do all that work. But they hearken to the voice of his word that we speak. Now, every time you speak God's word, the angels listen to what you're saying. And they'll either go off and do your bidding, or they'll stand and drink their iced tea while the demons come and do what they want to do. We need to see these things clearly. Amen? We're running out of time, so we'll just close it right here. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.